Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising podcast with Kevin Daggett and Lee Val and produced by the great Rob Still of Coil Entertainment. So, uh, I don't know why I sounded so weird when I said that intro. That's weird, like I was trying to be a radio person. Anyway, I'm Lee. Kevin, how are you? Superman. Well, I'm not Superman, but I'm super. <laughs> I'm super pause, man. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so Seattle obviously won. They beat the Vikings on Monday Night Football 21-7. to um, It's 3-0 going into the fourth quarter. Uh, it, it was funny because it was 3 to nothing. And you just knew that the Vikings, if they scored a touchdown, obviously would have had the lead. It just didn't feel as close as three to nothing, did it? No, but you know, it was. I, I was texting back with some back and forth with some buddies, and this one guy, he goes, he said nine points is going to win it, and I was like, man, I hope it's not seven. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I said, I hope seven thing. doesn't win it because it could have been seven that won it, but. Yeah, it was just a weird – I didn't expect it to be that much of a defensive game, but, man, that was a weird game. Yeah, and, and Seattle could have had 20 points easily before the fourth quarter. If Russell yeah. hadn't thrown that – I don't. I mean, that was a god-awful pass, a pass before halftime. I know he was trying to throw it out of bounds and everything, but it's like throw it out of bounds. Or First of all, why are you wasting so much time with 16 seconds left in the half? Oh, and I keep backtracking. So, first of all, why not run the ball? Because they would have scored. And secondly, if they had run the ball, they would have been able to line up enough to spike the ball and then kick a field goal. So, if I were Seattle, it was just brought back flashbacks of the Super Bowl in a way. Because, it's like, oh, I know there's not a whole lot of time left. But what he did is even – so, throw throw the pass, fine. But when you go back to throw it, get rid of it. So you have two more plays instead of he's holding on to it and he's scrambling around doing what Russell does. And then he throws it to, it was weird. It was like, throw it out of bounds. If you're going to throw it, maybe that's why he doesn't throw it away more because he simply doesn't know how to throw it away. I, he, I think he knows how to throw it away. I mean, that it was a silly, you know, usually when, when they, when teams run passing plays down in those, in those close to the end zone positions, it's a quick out or a quick slant or something it's not usually a drop back and then go to your third, fourth option because then after that, everybody's going to drop back into coverage and it's just a mess and nothing's going to happen. So, yeah. It should was, be a uh, quick slant to recover or lock it. Lock it, right? Exa- exactly. You throw it out in front of him a little too far <laughs> and then he doesn't catch it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I don't know, it was hor- horrible. So, obviously, the, the Seahawks led 3 to nothing at halftime and then 3 to nothing going into the fourth quarter. And for a long time, the Vikings hadn't even crossed midfield, which didn't even, I don't even think dawned on me while I was watching it, just how they hadn't run a play over midfield. So, uh, the thing that I took away from the game, the, uh, the biggest positive to me besides the win, obviously, and one win now gets them into the playoffs, was my biggest worry, and I think last week we talked about this, the biggest worries we had were the cornerbacks, Shaquille Griffin and Trey Flowers, who was who was a beast on Monday, um, going up against Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Of course, Thielen didn't have a target in the first half, but you know until the very end of the game, because the stats look weird, because 
Seattle had a lead, and then they threw that long pass to Diggs, where he picked up most of his yards. That last drive, they had, what, 72 yards? The Vikings did 72 yards, and they scored a touchdown, which was meaningless. Before that, a little over 200 yards. I was just most impressed by how well the cornerbacks, not even including Justin Coleman, but how well the cornerbacks played against the receivers. Yeah, 26 looks like he had the 25 jersey on. I mean, he had the same hair. It was That was very impressive. I was And Flowers, I mean... He was a beast, just like you said. And Justin Coleman, I mean, they were all playing so well. I mean, it was like they – I don't know what it was, but they they grew up or something or what – I think George Fant had the same stats as Thielen, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, for a while he had one more catch, I think. Yeah, it was, it was funny because they finally threw it to George Fant. And, and I was I was watching the game with my girlfriend and – uh, you know, they they always mention Fan. Oh, Fan. I said, oh, maybe they'll throw him the ball. They, they didn't throw him the, the ball that time. I'm not a soothsayer or anything. They did throw it to him later in the game. But she was like, what, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, this guy who used to be a tight end in college, and we everybody jokes about, hey, maybe they'll actually throw him the ball. So it was kind of weird that they threw him the ball when they did because I thought they might be saving that for a bigger moment and a bigger game. Um, I say a bigger game. I mean, the way the game played out, it wasn't that big of a game because the, the Vikings are now just six six and one. Fired their offensive coordinator immediately after the game, but should have fired the quarterback. Yeah, well, eighty four million dollars guaranteed over three years. It was. They, I know it's. You know, Cousins came in last year as we talked about last week and and beat Seattle, and but this time he just. I mean, twenty. Well, I think he was twenty of thirty three, but it just felt like he was twenty of eighty. It just like completely shut him down, and then that fourth down run, where uh, they handed it off to Dalvin Cook and tried to actually run the ball, and just got plastered by Bobby Wagner. It was like that's how you should play a fourth down. It just feels like a totally different team than it did last year because you got players who want to play on the team, and 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 going back to the game on Monday, my one of my favorite comments that Jason Witten, who's terrible, unfortunately, because I like Jason Witten as a person. Um, he made a comment about, oh, you know, you got these little cornerbacks. He was talking specifically about Flowers. I'm like, this guy is 6'3", 220. He is not a small man. No. So, anyway. Um, yeah, I thought, you know, there was, and there was some bad calls. The officiating was horrible. And, again. And, you know, that, there was a pass interference call that wasn't pass interference on the Vikings. Okay, fine. Bobby Wagner launched off that. And you know what? I I don't care because the Seahawks get screwed on every, so many calls from the referees. I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm taking it because you guys screw us all year long. So, huh, thanks. I mean, I, I was it was horrible, but yeah, a lot of people talk about that, and they talk about like, oh, the Seahawks don't really get screwed because you remember the Golden Tate catch non-catch or whatever to me when they threw i was watching the game obviously and bobby wagner the rule uh, the you know is that you can't propel yourself by grabbing holding on to your teammates and he didn't he literally jumped the line the only reason his hands were on the on his own players shoulder pads is because he was descending at the time so i mean i can see the rule is like yeah if you use a play he, he didn't use his his own players to me. I thought it was a good call. They looked at it and it was a good call. Yeah. I mean, I know and people are going to argue should, either way, but what about that one year? Jermaine curse got called for what? Three or four offensive pass interferences. Who, who calls that? I mean, well, he, he got called in one in this game and he didn't even play for the Seahawks. So <laughs> exactly. I mean, he must've played for the Eagles because this is way off subject, but did you see that offensive pass interference call against the Eagles in the Cowboys? Game? Oh, 
That was horrible. Oh. That game was that game was messed up. Yes, I mean I don't really care about you know either team, but if anybody is like arguing because we're talking about the Seahawks don't get the calls, and then sometimes they get big calls, and people are talking about oh you know maybe the NFL is rigged. Yes, Exhibit A is the Cowboys Eagles game because you had that you had them not measuring when Elliott supposedly made the fourth down didn't review it and his knee was down and then even if he his knee wasn't. don't even get me started. The officiating is awful. And I know sometimes they are probably confused by the rules, like the Wagner thing. Maybe they were just confused by it. But there's, you've mentioned it. I mean, that pass interference, it, it seems weird sometimes just how how atrocious the calls are. Are they trying to control the game? It's just strange. And, and, it's, and uh, what's his cousins was eh, just a little bit over the line on that pass, but, yeah. you know. And, Nobody was going to review it because it was so meaningless. I know they, they said, what was it? Was it Witten that said, well, you have to, if part of your body, no, I don't think that's correct. First of all, when his arm moves forward, he's past the line of screen. He's almost completely past. And his arms, if people aren't, hadn't, didn't see the game, um, basically Kirk Cousins was, what was it, about the seven-yard line or something like that yeah. of Seattle. And he runs over the line of scrimmage. Most of his body is over the line of scrimmage, but he's turned like, I don't know, horizontally towards the... Um, or yeah, or vertically, I guess, towards the end zone. So he's sideways towards the end zone. So his right arm, because he's he's one of these weak right-handed people, he's trying to throw the ball, and and by the time the ball leaves the, his hand, he's clearly across the line of scrimmage. But it was so meaningless; they weren't going to review it. If it had been, I guess I would have been pissed if it had been like twenty to twenty, and they they didn't call it back because he was over the line of scrimmage. But I was hoping for a shutout, but. Yeah, I was too. Yeah, I was too. That's so hard to get. I mean, I I still twenty one to seven, just as good as that defense looked was was awesome. Very um, soft. Yeah, of course, Michael Michael uh, KJ Wright didn't play. He's he's injured. Probably be out for the year. It feels like. But Michael Kendricks, as it turns out, broke his tibia and is going to be missing the rest of this season. Probably will never play for the Seahawks again. That I mean, he he's a very physical player. That could be a loss going into. Not, maybe not the next three games, but going into the playoffs, I think they're going to miss Michael Kendricks being on the roster, aren't they? Yeah, they are. He is a, he is a big physical player, and especially if KJ's not back. I mean, it's he. Uh, like I said before, I, I like that guy, and I, I you know I don't I hope the Seahawks can figure out a way to keep him on the team because he's a good player. But yeah, if he doesn't serve any jail time, I mean, I guess there's a chance they could bring him back at a discounted rate, um, depending on if they bring back KJ Wright or not. But um, and and basically, if, if it was a weird game, as you mentioned, because the defense was so good after not being very good, especially in the second half against the 49ers, and they beat a solid Vikings defense at least when Russell Wilson was just atrocious. So they showed that they can win a game when Russell Wilson doesn't necessarily win the game for them. The running backs did well again. Um, of course, Rashad Penny is getting better every week and had another one of those crazy runs. But Chris Carson, the, you know, the thing I love about this guy is, and he's different from any running back the Seattle Seahawks have had in the last three years or so since Marshawn Lynch was truly healthy. When it's second and short, third and short, he not only gets hit a lot of times, he's actually moving the pile like two or three. I mean, he's not just barely moving the pile. He's moving to like two or three yards to pick up more yards. It's, I'm so thankful to have Chris Carson as the running back for Seattle. Yeah, he's, he's huge. He is. He's a big physical player and he does. He moves the pile. And, you know, and I think 
Wilson seemed, I don't know if it was the play calling, but it, he was a little more, little more mobile this game. And I'd like, again, I'd like to see him do a little bit more of that, but um, you know, that, that, 40 yard run or whatever i thought he was going to get nailed but man he he turned it into a pretty good run but you know he just he he obviously at least obvious to me he's lost a step um and i don't know if it's if he's injured or that's they just keep there's keeping him out of the offense and that that uh that capacity but um i still think he's a he's a threat on his feet yeah i, I agree and i think we should make our weekly plug to the seahawks to please extend frank clark and for several seasons and then go ahead and, and let's just go ahead and extend uh, Jaron Reed as well at this point, right? Yep. Let's just get that taken care of. <laughs> um, so anyway, that you know, the Seahawks with one win uh, in their next three games, they don't have to win this week. They can win once really in their next three games, make the playoffs. There's no reason they shouldn't win against San Francisco, but are you concerned at all that San Francisco actually beat the Denver Broncos it's very strange how the NFL season goes because the 49ers have really, first of all, if you were a fan of the 49ers, you don't want them winning any games because you want that draft pick, higher draft pick. But you have any concerns that the 49ers will now be more confident going into this week's game? Yeah, they may be. I mean, you know, but I don't, uh, there's no reason we should, should lose that game. And um, I, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it at all. You know, if that defensive line keeps the pressure on like they've been going and, and uh, you know, play like they did a couple weeks ago. I don't, I don't see any issues at all. Well, I'd like, to, I'd like to see them win out. You know, just to just to prove a point. But, yeah, I mean, eleven wins would be pretty sweet. Eleven wins to me should get Pete Carroll Coach of the Year. Yeah, I don't know why I wouldn't. Um, you know, beating the Chiefs. Chiefs are still going to have to continue to win, unless for some reason the Chargers. Well, I guess the Chargers and Chiefs. So if the Chiefs win tomorrow night. That could set the them resting their players in that penultimate pen uh, week of the season. You know, if they could come in and, and rest some of their starters. But I don't want them to rest their starters because I want Seattle to not have any reason to not beat Kansas City. They can beat that team. Kansas City's defense isn't that great. If Seattle can get in and run the ball effectively well enough. Of course, we're jumping two weeks ahead. But if they can run the ball effectively, they can control the clock and they can beat Kansas City. Kansas City is not like they can't be beat. Um, but really, the Seattle needs and and to me, this team is young enough and they bought into Pete Carroll enough where I don't kind of worry about them being like, oh, okay, they're a little overconfident. To me, they're the kind of team going into San Francisco knowing they need that win to make the playoffs. I feel like they're gonna just take it, right? I mean, that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna go in there and they're gonna we're gonna control this game. We're gonna win this game because we have a chance to make the postseason. And a lot of the key players, like Chris Carson, haven't been in the postseason yet. What do you think? Yeah, they're hungry. They want to get it. Yeah, let's go. Let's go prove they're. Yeah, they're all fighting for jobs. You know, they're they're fighting for you know to keep their jobs and starting position. There's a lot of things that are open, and you know they're all young and yeah, they want to win. Let's let's just go knock it out, get it done, and and. Uh, Getting the get ourselves in the playoffs and then start focusing on that. But yeah, that is that is strange. So let's let's go. I mean, this is a shorter show tonight, but uh, you know, I mean, we got the forty hours. They need to win a win a game. They need to win this week. Make the playoffs. Don't worry about the rest of the season. So, um, who do you think wins? Or let me ask you this: How much does Seattle win by on uh, Sunday? I think I predicted thirty-five seventeen. Awesome. I don't think I don't think San Francisco is going to score that many points, but. Yeah, I'm going to predict uh, that San Francisco wins 86 to four, 
I think uh, Seattle gets two safeties because uh, I'm always afraid of jinxing them. So, but it's a short show. But I mean, you know, we're happy. We're we're too happy to have a long show because Seattle. Really, all we care about is them winning this one game against San Francisco this week and and making the playoffs. So, Kevin, any final words? Gonna, and then of course, I'm going to go with a bold prediction. Frank Clark has more sacks than this than the 49ers have points. How about that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sweet. You don't want him to have too many sacks, though. You don't have to pay him too much money. I mean, if uh, San Francisco scores 10 points and Frank Clark has 11 sacks, that'd be crazy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Kevin, as always, you have the final two words. Go Hawks! 